Friends, welcome to the Slaking Thirst podcast, where you'll find the homilies, talks, and reflections of Father Ryan Mann and Father Patrick Schultz of the Diocese of Cleveland. Slaking Thirst is all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, which is also a divine heart, seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts will meet and both thirsts will be slaked. Thanks for joining us on the journey into Christ's desire for us. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, See that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will deceive many. You will hear of wars and reports of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for these things must happen, but it will not yet be the end. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes from place to place. All these are the beginning of the labor pains. Then they will hand you over to persecution, and they will kill you. You will be hated by all nations because of my name, and then many will be led into sin. They will betray and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and deceive many. And because of the increase of evildoing, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who perseveres to the end will be saved. The Gospel of the Lord. Pretty sobering Gospel for us this morning on this feast day of the uh, first holy martyrs of the Roman Church. When I was praying, I was uh, reminded of uh, history class, my freshman year of high school. Mr. Gallagher teaching us about um, the uh, bombing of Dresden. Between February 13th and 14th, 1945, dozens of American and British uh, bombers dropped untold numbers of ordinances over the city of Dresden, turning the city into a, just fire. Um, this vortex of swirling flame, it just was sucking all the oxygen out of the air and people suffocated and, I mean, it was mass devastation. And uh, once the fires were out, eventually whatever mortal remains that could be found were gathered together and buried in a mass grave. And, and all of that was uh, indicated by a monument, a marker that was put over the grave. And once a year, some you know, government official would come and, and do some kind of ceremony there and lay a wreath at the foot of the monument kind of designating, remembering these, all these lost people who were unknown, unnamed in this mass grave, right? A lot of countries, including our own, we have these sorts of monuments, these customs, you know, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, um, the Changing of the Guard. We have that in our country. They have that in other countries. This sort of ceremonial um, wreath laying, right, to honor this fallen person. This liturgy that we have today, this feast that the church has today, is in some ways something like that. Um, we're not laying a wreath uh, uh, in front of a tomb, but through these prayers, through these uh, rituals, through these readings, all of this, it's like we are gathering together in the place of Jesus, the, the, like the great high priest, to remember these people. Because what we're celebrating is not just like this vague collection of of people, it's, it's a discrete number that's known only to God. The beginning in the year 64 AD in Rome, um, 
a huge fire swept through the city, a massive fire. And it burned down a third, basically, of the, of the ancient city. And the emperor at the time, Nero, uh, who was, for all accounts, a psychotic uh, tyrant, um, some historians think that he was the one who actually caused the beginning of the fire. Some think it was, you know, it doesn't matter. But what matters is that Nero scapegoated and blamed the Christians. He found an easy target to blame, uh, and it was the Christians. He pointed to them as the cause of the fire. He had Peter, right, the leader of the Christian community. He had him rounded up. He was executed. We know how that story goes, upside down in Nero's circus, which was not a fun place. It was a horse track, right? It was a horse track. Um, before St. Peter's Basilica was built on uh, what was the Vatican Hill, there was a, a huge horse track that ran um, in that direction. The obelisk that's in the center of St. Peter's Square, that, that, um, yeah, that tall pointy pyramid thing, that was in the center of Nero's Circus, which means you know that one of the last things that Peter saw in his mortal life before he died would have been that obelisk. He would have seen that monument in the center of the circus as he was dying, hanging upside down. And it's there now, standing in front of the basilica named after him, and Nero's circus is no more. But Nero blamed the Christians, and he rounded up hundreds, thousands of them. They were tortured for their faith. Tacitus, who is a Roman historian, he tells us that uh, some Christian martyrs, what they... What happened to them is they were sewn inside of animal skins and thrown to lions, thrown to beasts to be devoured. Others were dipped in wax, mounted up on poles, and they were set on fire to serve as luminaries in the night. Many of them actually were surrounding Nero's garden so that he could have illuminated evening dinner parties. This was the fate of tens of thousands of Christians. Like, we don't know their names, we don't know how bravely they faced their death. We don't know if they were terrified and were screaming out in protest and horror. We don't know how many men there were or women there were or children there were. But we can be assured that there were at least some of all those groups. Um, we know that their blood watered and it irrigated the early church. Like, and had it not been for their courage, we would not be here today. We are the beneficiaries of their courage. And... Like, as I was praying about these martyrs, as I was thinking about them, I was thinking about what it will be like to meet them one day, assuming, like, I go to heaven, we go to heaven, right? What will it be like to meet them? And specifically this, like, will I, will we be embarrassed when we meet these incredibly brave people? Like, will I be embarrassed by how quickly, how quietly I live my faith? Or how easily I succumb to pressures to stay silent or to fit in or to not rock the boat. Will I be ashamed by how much I didn't speak out or how much I was willing to go along? Will I be, yeah, ashamed? Will I hang my head when I see their wounds? Like maybe when like, I refrain from posting something because I'm, you know, afraid of thinking what other people are going to think. Will I get, like, will other people think less of me? Will my reputation be injured? Like, will I be embarrassed when I look at these martyrs, when I see their wounds, when I see what they were doing? And look, I don't, wanna, I don't want us to live like that. Um, I want us to live in such a way that when we meet these martyrs, the first martyrs of the Roman church, that they embrace us. When we finally come home, they embrace us. 
like brothers and say, like, we are so proud of you. We are so proud of you. So let's ask for their intercession today for um, courage. <clears throat> I think the virtue that's lacking in our church probably more than any right now is courage. Moral courage. We must be courageous and let these martyrs intercede for us, Lord, that we would be willing to suffer a little bit more, that we would be willing to be bolder than we have been, that we would be willing to step out perhaps more than we ever have. Amen.